Greetings all and welcome to Margin Call, the podcast and editorial meeting for Quest On Media. I'm your host, Russell Morse. Uh, welcome everybody to our end of the year extravaganza, as our producer, Eming Piance, called it. I think, correct me if I'm wrong here, Eming, is this the is this the Christmas episode because it doesn't feel like it? Or how did you say it? Is this the holidays because it doesn't feel like it? This is our last episode of the year. So in some ways, it's a recap uh, of the fantastic journey we've been through over the last 12 months together. Uh, but it is also, yes, somehow inexplicably our Christmas episode, even though it doesn't really feel like Christmas. But when does it feel like Christmas, Eming? In a romantic comedy? Um, if someone's possibly dying. <laughs> and if it's like they have to... F- well, I feel like there's a lot of these like calls like, oh, they have some kind of like horrible disease and they have to find love before they like, you know, walk to remember or something like that. Well, that wasn't Are a holiday you- movie. But I feel like there have been a lot of holiday movies with that template in it there somewhere. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I'm a I mean, really I dark person. I don't know. <laughs> you really did take it. But you went from, is it Christmas? Because it doesn't feel like to something about a terminal disease, which Marching I, I, I didn't even... go there. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Uh, no, I was just suggesting something like Serendipity, for instance, you know? Oh, that was no, a t- trash movie. Sorry. Serendipity was trash? <laughs> What do you mean? Wait, do you not like romantic comedies? Is is romantic? Are you? Do you feel about romantic comedies the way I feel about conversation? We've already had conversation. Have we had this conversation on the show? I feel like I should I I should drop that old old episode into this moment in time because we definitely had. You mean we had this conversation on the show? Yes, about horror movies because because you were telling me why you have a certain feeling about horror movies, and um, and. Uh, that I remember. I remember because we had that episode where we talked about us and I didn't really like us. And I thought it was yes. because I had I got issues with. But I don't remember you talking about romantic comedies. We didn't because we were briefly mentioning it. And okay. you were talking about how you like those kind of movies. And I was like, meh. And, and I, cause I like the more darker, creepy shit. And you're more yeah. of a lighthearted, everything's going to work out eventually kind of person. I am an optimist. It's true. But I, I think the reason we brought it up is because you were saying like, oh, well, horror is a genre. Like my complaints about horror were like, ah, oh, it's not believable or it's like kind of cheesy. And you're like, well, yeah, that's part of the genre. And my example, I think, was romantic comedies, which was like, yes, certain genres, I can make those allowances. There are a lot of tropes. There's a, there are a lot of cliches. There are a lot of unrealistic stuff happening in romantic comedies but i can accommodate them because i like the genre so fine maybe i used the wrong example when does it feel like christmas not serendipity for you obviously um it doesn't snow where you live so i don't know where you're getting your seasonal cheer from do you have a tree plastic tree i wanted to get a rosemary tree but we haven't done that yet a rosemary tree tree? yeah um, what's a rosemary tree like rosemary like a thing Wait, of rosemary. Wait, what do you mean? A tree made out of a rosemary plant? Like it smells it's like a, rosemary? Like the kind of thing you put on chicken? It's a rosemary plant. It's a rosemary plant. Okay. That looks, that looks like a Christmas tree. All right. It's, which, which you can also use in your food after Christmas or during Christmas. That's fine. Fun facts. <laughs> well, it's news to me. Uh, in any case, all of that is to say, welcome everyone <laughs> to our Is It Christmas Because It Doesn't Feel Like It episode. A title that was coined by our producer, Eming Piancai. And because it's, Russell is stuck with only me tonight, so it's a whole different I'm not vibe. Stuck. I'm not stuck. I was looking forward to this. 
<laughs> I was looking forward to the opportunity to have. It's so rare that it's just the two of us getting to hang out on the show and record because you're, you know, you're you're committed to your producer duties. You know what I mean? So you want to make sure no, everything's not. sounding good. You are. You are. I think you're like producer first and then guest second. That's why, you know, I always have yes. to kind of like encourage you to chime in if we have somebody else on there. I think. Well, right? well, I, I, um, well, usually it's either you're talking or they're talking and I have nothing to say usually. So, well, that's why what I mean. That's, that's why I'm excited that it's the two of us. Okay. And in Fair honor enough. of the fact that it's just the two of us after that long throat clearing introduction, if you can even call that. Hey, wouldn't be margin call without that, yo. I'll take it. Um, I want to talk to you because I have questions. I need to learn a lot about uh, Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian because I know, you know, we're talking about the important stuff here today, folks. There's, you know, I know there are plenty of things going on in the world, impeachment, election, whatever. I just needed to learn more about Baby Yoda because I haven't seen the Mandalorian. And all I see is Baby Yoda showing up everywhere. I mean, Baby Yoda right. is the only only meme that matters now. Right. Uh, and even if you haven't seen the Mandalorian, everybody knows who, who Baby Yoda is. So please help me out. Give me some context here. How, first of all, let's talk about the Mandalorian. I know you're a Star Wars person. I love Star Wars myself. I just haven't, I just haven't watched it yet, just because I'm non-committal and uh, I have other excuses. I'm planning to. I just haven't seen it yet. I'm a late adopter, you know. I understand. Yeah. I get it. Um, well, wait. You're asking about Mandalorian. You're asking about yeah, Baby Yoda. Well, for, you know, I, both. But first, give me a little overview of the Mandalorian before we get into how Baby Yoda enters the picture. Sure. Um, so the Mandalorian, I believe, takes place after episode six. So it's after the um, the they have that big party with the with the furry creatures. The Ewok. Then, yeah. <laughs> right after um, the Ewok party. All right. That's the furry creatures. So sometime between that and uh, the new um, series is when this takes place. Um, and it's, so it's kind of like a weird, like, I guess it's, I kind of think it's like supposed to like fill the gap of like time and probably some, some plot holes that were probably left undone um, mm. in those first six movies. But it's, it's actually really interesting because I, I, on our other podcast, uh, Geek Force, I was, I was saying that, you know, the, like when Baby Yoda or whatever, baby Yoda uh, first appeared. I was like, you know, this is like the one image and, or entity that has really like, like made all the fan, like the new and old, um, 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 <coughs> sorry, the new and old, like, like, you know how people used to hate on the star Wars stuff that was coming out. Like they hated the last one. They didn't like what they were doing with it. Yada, yada, yada. But baby Yoda has like healed all wounds. among it like the fanboys. And so I feel like it's like the way to make everyone like the new stuff now. Cause it's like, it's like, it's kind of a throwback because I heard that one of the actors on the, on the show actually called out the crew because they're originally going to do baby yo-yo, yo-yo, Yoda. <laughs> like a puppet? Oh shoot. No, no, no. Well, he is a puppet in this one. He, he's a puppet, but they okay. were going to do the other way and make him like all like, um, Oh, CGI. CGI. And yeah. so he basically said like, that's ridiculous. Y'all cowards. Don't do that. <laughs> and, and they, that, he literally called them cowards. Like that's the word that was quoted. And so, um, they didn't do it. And now it's, it's like, you know, it was probably a really good thing because they don't want another, um, what's his face? Jar Jar Bing situation. Oh yeah. We don't so, say that name. 
I know, right? It's like it's like Voldemort almost. It um, is. So that's that's my my theory. So what on is the why. timeline context? Why do we have a baby Yoda? How is he important to the story of this show? Okay. How does he okay. show up? Are you sure you want to? Because it's kind it's kind of the whole. It's pretty much how the story starts. Like it's, I can handle. I can handle spoilers. Okay. I can handle okay. Spoilers. So the Mandalorian is um, tasked with finding this this individual um, who's uh, I think they clocked him at like thirty or forty years old or something like that. And they he has to go to this place and find this person and bring it back to the people that who have um, who have basically you know said do this for us. Go find this person. He finds him instead and um he eventually brings him to where he's supposed to go but during that period of time he kind of bonds with um him a little bit so it's kind of a sweet little like thing going on and he ends up going back to save him and so pretty much the whole series so far is him just trying to save this little dude from whoever's trying to get him and it's actually kind of sweet because like he's this like hardcore guy who like can't um like you never see his face like that's his run rule you he can't like yeah. like no one can see his face ever and i'm like when the fuck do you shower <laughs> when do you Good eat question. like when, is, when do you take a shit like when does this happen um well you don't need to take your helmet off for that for I know, the toilet. But, but in general like you can't like move it. your arm in front of people like, that's kind of their, their big rule and so um the whole premise of this is he's just trying to make sure that this little guy's like not going to get like kidnapped. That's the whole purpose of his of this show so far, and it's kind of like it's like whatever things that happen along the way, and it's pretty entertaining. I actually really like it. Um, there were a couple ones that I wasn't a fan of, like the previous weeks. So I thought it was kind of slow, and the people in it were a little acting weird. But overall, I, I enjoy it. It's it satisfies. It's like, like I, I wasn't really in love with these last three movies or last two movies that they've done. And I'm kind of like, meh, about the end of the saga. But this one was Wait, really like, the oh, last okay. two, meaning what? Like The Force Awakens? And- yeah, The Force Awakens. Well, yeah. I like The Force Awakens. I wasn't that big a fan of uh, the, the some, whatever, the rise of the blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Yeah. I, that's how little I care about it. I, just, I don't remember the names. Um, and I'm kind of, I'm just but excited. you're not including Rogue One in that, right? No, I love Rogue One. Yeah, I have Rogue a poster on my movie. wall. Rogue One, I can <laughs> I, see it. Yeah, I love that movie. That was a really good movie. Um, so I feel like with with this show, Disney at least is just trying to like basically maybe a reset button on the franchise a little bit because. Um, it had I don't know fans are weird and fans feel certain ways and it uh, it's just it gets complicated but I feel like it's definitely there it's a push in the right direction to like make them be more likable to, to the fan base yeah I appreciate the fact that baby Yoda even if I haven't watched the show I appreciate the fact that baby Yoda has been universally embraced because as you know we are living in divided times we all <laughs> no. need we all need it's something like we can get impeachment behind. Baby Yoda. Yeah. You, what do you want to look at right now? Baby Yoda. Well, there's a reason that we're talking about Baby Yoda and not talking about impeachment. I'm I'm interested Baby. in unity. What can we all get behind? Baby Yoda. Even even the mean and world. bananas and bananas. We'll get to the bananas. I'm just saying. We'll get to the bananas. <laughs> but before that, I just wanted to say I don't know if this is possible. I don't really know what the science is or anything. But maybe we could find a way to get Baby Yoda to enter the 
um, enter the presidential race, you know, either as an independent or, or a write-in, uh, maybe in time to go to the Iowa caucuses, maybe just as a running mate, whoever gets the nomination, baby. That, go to that might be hard because he doesn't really talk. He doesn't all. talk and he doesn't no, exist. No, at least, I know. At least not he's yet. A fictional character um, and also technically a baby. So I don't know what it says in the Constitution. He's technically about 50 that. years old. So. Well, then he's old enough to be president. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't talk. But yeah. he has powers. Just cool. Yeah. Well, I remember people were excited um, in that early trilogy when we see the development of Anakin becoming Darth Vader when there was a time that Yoda was finally fighting. Because, you know, in the original movies, we never saw Yoda fight. You weren't that excited about Yoda having a lightsaber in his hand? I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the CGI of of, uh, when they do, like, people or creatures. I don't like those. I can't watch. When they redid the the originals and they added. I can't watch that because it makes it just. Yeah. Like, I I want the stuff they played on USA when I was, like, 10 years old. I want that version. I think most people felt the same way, right? I mean, those additions were not, they didn't add anything. Most of them were just in the background. And it was not, it was when CGI was not that good. Not only that, when Disney Plus came out, they changed that that scene um, when Han shoots first. Or doesn't oh, shoot first. Oh, I know. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, you changed it again. I know. <laughs> Stop <laughs> fucking with the scene, people. You already ruined it already. <laughs> well, it changes the interpretation of his character. If he shot first, yeah. you know, I mean, that raises a lot of question about who he is. Although he does redeem himself pretty profoundly. But I think it's like, that's he not does. the first. It's so early on we, after you meet him, that scene, that I think it makes, it, it's better for his character if he doesn't shoot first. But... I've seen many yeah. people in the street wearing a t-shirt that says Han shot first. So for what it's people worth. People have opinions. People have you opinions. Can't change them all. Yeah. So I'm glad. Thank you for that overview of uh, Baby Yoda. It's Is very it helpful. Geek? Have you have you been That's following Baby Yoda's development in the meme world? Um well It's hard Kat, to avoid. Cat, our host for Geek Force definitely has there's a lot of there's this one scene um i came up with this episode da, 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 five i think where he walks out of a hut and he's like uh, like um i think it's i think it's tea and that's like been like the thing for everything like mm-hmm. and I, I'm, so, I'm like oh i am baby yoda <laughs> just we're all baby tea. yoda it just reminds you of just our watching better nature the world. yeah i mean that's what i appreciate about it you know it's humanizing in a lot of ways. Thank you, Baby Yoda. Something we can all get behind. Uh, <laughs> Huzzah. You mentioned, you mentioned the banana. You were pushing me into this conversation. We have to talk hey, about Hey, you brought it up on our, text. I wanted to talk about it. You were just, you know, you brought it up in the middle of our Baby Yoda conversation. I felt like I had to put it, <laughs> it on It was hold, a nice but, little segue. Yes, it was <laughs> a good segue. Uh, this, however, is not quite as unifying as uh, Baby Yoda because it is kind of... I think divisive. Jury's still out. People are very critical. You think it's divisive? Yeah, I think it's divisive. I mean, just to give an overview, obviously, uh, an artist at Art Art Basel. Uh, I wanted to make sure to say that right, because I think the first time we talked about Art Basel on the show, I said it wrong. I did. I said basil. I mean, you you know. You were shamed for it early. I was. I was shamed for it. So this is redemption. Um, 
uh, took a banana and a piece of duct tape, hung it up on a wall. Uh, it's a piece of art. It's for sale for $120,000. I believe it's called The Comedian. Is that right? Or Comedian. Uh, no, the, uh, it's also it's also taken the meme world by storm. Uh, and as you all know, uh, bananas don't really last that long <laughs> when they're just hanging out. Uh, so I think Unless the idea is that... Yeah. And also uh, one was eaten, a performance artist, uh, or I guess what they're calling a prankster who may have been a performance artist, thin line between prankster and performance artist, removed the $120,000 banana art, uh, peeled it and ate it, Um, which I think most of the art world and many people do not have an objection to. Uh, what people mostly had an objection to was the fact that a banana and a piece of duct tape were being sold for $120,000, right? That's fine. It's a fair criticism. Uh, but it begs the question, once again, of what is art? You know, if you think about a whole school of art in the past, you know, Marcel Duchamp used to take a, like a toilet hanging on the wall, uh, like ready-mades, you know, now that's a piece of art. And it was essentially a criticism or a comment on what art is, you know, we don't need to have a whole, uh, you know, art history one-on-one conversation here, but I think the fact that everyone is talking about a piece of art, uh, makes it relevant and makes it a piece of art because itself is a commentary. I'm a big supporter of the banana. I was considering installing my own uh, version of Comedian in my house to see how long it lasted. Um, But I appreciate the fact that once again, even if people are a little bit divided about what it means about art and what it means to charge $120,000 for a banana and a piece of duct tape, uh, a lot of people are talking about art in a way that they haven't. I mean, can you remember the last piece of art people have talked about this much? Probably not, right? I can't think of something. I mean, there have been oh, people. Oh no, there was the the um, the girl in front of the bull at uh, oh, the New York yeah. Stock Exchange. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. One, that's true. That was but a big deal. Yeah, but I, you know, I want to say that's a little different because it's public art and it's more of a sculpture. Uh, although I guess you can make the argument that the banana is a sculpture. That's true. That's true. But, you know, again, that was a few years ago. Uh, Plenty of time has passed since that. Uh, I'm just glad that we're talking about what's happening in galleries and what it all means. Obviously, we wanted to have our friend Josue Rojas on the show, uh, who was a painter and runs a gallery in, in San Francisco, because I figured he would have plenty of insight. And he does. He couldn't join us tonight. Um... But I know that we've had, you know, we, we have art episodes on this show periodically. And usually the question is, you know, what is art now? What counts as art now? Is it about representation? Does art need to be political? Does it need to be commentary? Uh, and I think the uh, I think comedian answers all of those questions, which, you know, with a resounding anything is art as long as you say it is and it's in a gallery. Uh, and maybe I'm just intrigued by uh, avant-garde or controversial art. Because I'm into it. I'm pro-banana. So did someone actually buy it, though? Uh, well, that's a good question. Uh, not... I... Go ahead. Because cause I heard that, like, um, even if you ate it, there was, like, a certificate of something that, the, that it could be replaced. I didn't understand that part. I was like, if it can be replaced... How is this? I don't know. It just didn't make. Yeah, well, they were they're Okay, so this is here's what I understand. I mean, this is dated December. 
7th, right? So there right. have been several updates since then. But as of December 7th, three buyers paid between 120000 and 150000 this week for the limited edition pieces. They come with a single banana. Uh, I believe they come with a piece of duct tape. And as you said, uh, it comes with a certificate of authenticity. Just so people like me can't just put a banana up on the wall with a piece of duct tape and uh, say that it's comedian. Uh, oh, and replacement instructions, I think, to address the problem earlier, which is probably fruit flies and what would eventually just be like a brown rotting banana hanging on a wall. You know, but yeah, they were sold at least three as of uh, this writing uh, were sold between 120,000. And you know, in some crazy. ways, it's like it's a Banksy kind of thing, right? Like, isn't that a, a lot of artists? Is it, done this, but Banksy is it a was the Banksy most recent like one. Thing? Oh, that's a piece of art that people talked about. And I think we discussed this on our last art episode when Josue was able to join us. The Banksy piece that sold at auction and then it was designed so that as soon as it sold oh, at auction, it self-destructed and shredded itself. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that we're paying attention to because the questions about what art is uh, have gotten more and more complicated. And we appreciate it when people are pranksters, when people comment on how overvalued the art world is, which is a big part of what, or at least how, you know, very, very wealthy people use art as a place to put their money. It's an investment. Jay-Z made a song about it. Um, he did. I, I believe you. Uh, yeah. Um, which is a very different thing, even though patrons and wealthy people have always been a part of the art world. There is a lot of criticism about overvalued pieces and what it means. So I think the stuff that resonates overwhelmingly uh, is stuff like this, that comments on value, comments on art, comments on visual representation. You know, there was a time before we had cameras when, you know, you judged a good artist by whether they could represent something accurately or capture something. Uh, and then we had to kind of reevaluate that once we had cameras and that led to a whole series of um, schools of modern thought and, and modern art. And now we've arrived here. You know, I mean, you have photorealistic artists, people who can paint and make something that's as realistic as an actual photograph. Uh, so that's not the objective anymore. And, I, and maybe the objective is just to be complicated, in which case a banana tape to a wall is pretty complicated. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I just can't justify anyone putting down however much money for a fucking banana with tape. Okay. That <laughs> doesn't make any sense to me as an artist or a normal person. That's just stupid. <laughs> so if you had $120,000 laying around, you wouldn't go straight for the banana. No, no. Yeah, that's fair. I don't think anybody's making that argument. And you know, it, it, <laughs> in some ways it's similar to the Banksy piece because it, it kind of self-destructs once you buy it, you know, because a banana hanging on a wall can really only stay that way for a couple days at best. But you can replace right? this one, though. Which, again, I, I don't understand why, but you can. Uh, I mean, I guess if you have the certificate of authenticity, maybe this is a question about like, um, you know, these these old uh, philosophy brain teasers, like uh, if you have a hammer and then like the handle breaks and you replace the handle and then the head breaks and you replace the head. Is it the same hammer? You know, I guess the question is, does that, it do is that objects a have a song? People say that? No, it's like, uh, you know, it's like a riddle. It's one of those uh, kind of like philosophy brain teasers to ask yourself, like, is it is this is this still the same object? Do do objects have an essence? Right. Or I guess a soul would be another word for essence. Okay. And I guess the idea is if you have the certificate of authenticity 
And if you have the same piece of duct tape, you could just keep swapping out bananas until the end of time and say it's the same piece. So it raises questions, the same kind of philosophical questions and questions about what art is. Uh, I mean, I, I, I wish I could launch a more thoughtful, enthusiastic defense. And this is just a very, it's a very like passing pedestrian interest, which is like, I'm tickled. I'm tickled by it, you know? Uh, and I don't need to know the artist's intent because I think if I did know the artist's intent, then it would kind of take away some of the mystique a little bit, you know? Uh, so that, I mean, I, I, again, when we were talking today about what we wanted to discuss, we acknowledge that the news cycle had been completely hijacked by impeachment, which is fine because that's important. And that's something that we need to be talking about and having a national conversation. I think there's also a conversation about the election uh, in the UK with British voters and Brexit. There's a lot of stuff going on globally that demands our attention. However, I wanted to dig a little bit deeper and talk about Baby Yoda uh, and <laughs> Oh, yeah, we dug so wall. deep. We've, <laughs> we, we've passed. We're in the center of the earth now, bro. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the basement. Yep. We are in the basement. <laughs> yes. Um, like and... Him. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a kind of like a passing comment, but I did, you mentioned this before we, uh, before we hit the record button, but today is a difficult day in, uh, Bay Area sports, because as you mentioned, the 49ers lost today, which is fine. The Raiders lost today. I, it's, it's particularly sad to me because they're moving to Las Vegas. Their last um, game. Yeah. Baumgartner's leaving San Francisco. Uh, and the Warriors are in the toilet. And I know we have listeners all over the country and all over the world, but we just wanted to pause for a second to acknowledge, you know, the things that we look to for an escape when you're in the midst of as chaotic as the world is now. Uh, sports is a very comforting place to go, unless it's today <laughs> and you're a Bay Area sports fan, in which case you're just done. You're in the doldrums. Yeah. Um, well, what about just a, a very brief synopsis of our year? What happened in 2019? How did we get here? Uh, I, I saw somebody online who said like 2019 was two separate years. January through June was its own thing, and the rest of it like they should be split in half. And I kind of feel the same way. We for Quest on? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, yeah, we'll for Quest on. Now it's the show about the show <laughs> for everybody. Hey, yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, but it did feel like it kind of whipped past. I, I kind of a breakneck pace, you know. Yeah, I mean, this year did go by kind of fast, slow, and I don't know. This year kind of sucked. Yeah, <laughs> That's all it I did. got. It oh my god, just, like... just, just kind of meh. I don't think, yeah, it's kind of, it was kind of a doldrums, you know, I don't, I don't think you're alone there. And even, you know, I'm, I try to be an eternal optimist and I think I'm still with you or I was like, I'm not really sure what happened this year. You know, I mean, it's possible to have personal high points, but I think, uh, culturally there were, there were yeah. some, but yeah. you know, just uh, maybe it's because it's like supposed, supposedly like our last full year of Trump, maybe, Maybe that's what, like, like the last over the hump hill. And right. all you're doing is hearing things in the media. Sorry to go back to this, because you're hearing it like, like the the impeachment stuff is like this dull drum that's being hit over and over and yeah. over and over and over and over. And it's just kind of draining because it's like, because like, you know, 
was there really a point to this? Did, did it, is anything going to happen from this? Is he actually going to get impeached? No, he's yeah. not. Because yeah. the Republicans own the fucking Senate. Yeah. Why are we doing this? This is so stupid. It's gonna be, they're going to yeah. vote on... I'm sorry. I've totally gone back into politics. But, you know, it's like... In the House, they voted, they voted like, on the lines. And they're going to do the same thing in the Senate. So I don't know... Why they even bother doing it? It seems like well, I mean, I think the argument would be like accountability, right? Like even if you know, uh, even if there isn't any hope of him being removed from office, and people are just going to make it a partisan vote, you know, you still have to have some principles. If you think that a president did something illegal, or you think if they did something they should be impeached for, you should follow through on that. Uh, Pelosi was making the argument long before this that that wasn't the way to go because it would just be divisive and that they should focus on the election. But I think they just reached a point, and I guess I, I don't even want to try and speculate about what the turnabout, uh, about what caused the turnabout. But uh, I, I'm with you. I, I feel like it is kind of an exhausting exercise and with with no real satisfactory end in sight. You know, yeah. no matter which and, side I mean, you're on, to be honest. Yeah. And like, they're going to, his, his people are, are going to die on the hill with him. Like, they are going to be loyal no matter what, because that's just how they yeah. operate. And they yeah. can't, like, I mean, some of them have, but majority of them have not, and they're not going to. Yeah. That's why our country is the way it is <laughs> racist and liberal. <laughs> <laughs> Smack together. <laughs> those are the two. Yeah, those are the two. Right, great. <laughs> well, you know, Yiming, the point of this episode was to try and avoid having a conversation about Sorry. politics. I apologize. But you know what? You proved you proved a very powerful point. It doesn't no matter how many baby Yodas or bananas taped to a wall there are, uh, or disappointing days in Bay Area sports, nothing can really distract you from what's going on, which is really kind of a mess of a dumpster fire. Which maybe it does feel like a Christmas episode in that way, where it's like dysfunctional and sad, uh, <laughs> depending it on how what like your relationship. I, this is gonna be my family gap. No, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna get into that. <laughs> Everybody has their own associations with Christmas. I'm trying to be more positive these days, uh, but I think that this could be a good stand-in for our Christmas episode because we're choosing to focus Dumpster on things for that, Christmas. Well, no, we're choosing to th- focus on things that everyone can get behind. <laughs> That are less divisive, like Baby Yoda. Maybe I'll have Min draw a graphic of us standing by like a dumpster fire and like a sad Christmas tree. <laughs> or, you, or you can have Min do a manger scene where it's Baby Yoda instead of Baby Jesus, and then I could be Joseph and you could be Mary, and that that would be a merry a merry quest on Christmas. <laughs> Oh my god, that's brilliant! <laughs> I might have to do that. <laughs> Wonderful! Please like, have him do that, and then we can use it as the image uh, for the podcast once it goes up on the website. What do you think? I'll ask him, and he'll just be All confused right. as shit. It, it, will, it won't require me to like buy any images then, if that's the case. <laughs> that's true. See, it satisfies a lot of requirements. Although I'm sure he's got his hands full. But men, if you're listening, we need you. To bring I'll the country together, to, to bring Quest on together. Uh, we need and Baby Yoda in a manger. <laughs> I mean, it's a suggestion. There's somebody out there is probably manufacturing a manger scene that has Baby Yoda as the Baby Jesus. It probably so. already exists. Hopefully, we don't get sued by Disney in the process because God knows they go after people who to use their images and shit. Yeah, that's true. 
Although baby baby Yoda belongs to all of us now, so I, I don't think they can come this after too hard. Owned by the community. Baby Yoda's for the people. Um, this is all a right. weird episode, just so you know. All right, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it is. But is I'm glad we did it. It was worth it. Or is this our tangent episode? Just it's trying a, to find the, an end of the year episode in this situation. I Yoda, I think, politics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, almost. Oh, sports. <laughs> We've really covered all the bases here. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, congratulations. I, I said it at the top of the show, and I'll say it now at the bottom of the show. I am very excited that we got to have a show that was just the two of us. It's been too, too long. And I it's hope the listeners enjoyed the randomness. Yes. I'm sure that they did. I mean, that's what people, if you don't like tangents, what are you doing with this show? And what better than to have an episode? You know, it's like Seinfeld, the show that's about nothing. You know, this was a, a show that was we about kind tangents. Of are. Yeah. <laughs> we, we can put that. Are. Well, you know, just above show Baby Yoda nothing. in a major, we could have a banner that says, you know, the show about nothing. <laughs> tangents. Tangents abound. All right. Uh, I want to thank you, Eming, for being here today, giving me an overview of The Mandalorian, among other things, steering us back to a conversation about impeachment. Try as we might, we can't escape it. Uh, And I want to thank our listeners for hanging tough, because here we are. Take us as we are. (laughs) And happy holidays from everybody at Quest On, particularly from Eming and I. Uh, Hopefully that image will be accompanying uh, this podcast when it's posted if not let us know and we'll continue to work on it we, this might even be like a good like a Michael Scott photoshop job where we can just kind of do it ourselves <laughs> just an idea just an idea alright thank you Eming uh, thanks to all our listeners and until next time quest on everybody. see you in 2020 yeah. maybe I hope <laughs> This episode of Quest On Media's Margin Call was produced in Richmond, California. 